Hello and welcome to The Last 10 Minutes, a comedy podcast where we watch the last 10 minutes of films and guess what they're about. As always, I am joined by the extendable, bendable, ascendable Sean Matthews. Hello, Sean. Hello there. How you doing, Will? Uh, I'm going to ignore that. And welcome back, the dependable, commendable, <laughs> comprehensible Connor McReynolds. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> that was How the are perfect. you, Connor? I wish I could have done that again. If I had a time machine... I would go back and I would just say like a really kind of, I don't know, like sophisticated, hi, Will, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to give us a couple more options that we could maybe edit in? Yeah, sure. Okay, so we've we've had hey, 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 and hey, Will, thanks for having me. Um, ah, it's great to be here. Thanks so much. Nice. And I'll go for one more, and that will be... Uh, <laughs> oh, it's on. Nice. Okay, so, so you can use any of those. Got a real range there. Sean, did you want to do any yeah. pickups on how you introduce yourself? No, I'm happy with hello, my name's Sean. Yeah, well, mm. I, I, to be honest, why why change it? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> so today, we're talking about we're talking about The Expendables, which is a film. And that's about the end of my knowledge of the film. None of us have seen this film. If you've never listened to this podcast before, we, we watched the last 10 minutes, but today... I've watched the middle 10 minutes and Sean has watched the first 10 minutes. And Connor, I hope you've watched the last 10 minutes. Oh, I have. Twice, in fact. Whoa. Oh, wow. Why twice? Mm-hmm. Well, once because um, I, I made some notes and then at the end of the 10 minutes, I thought that can't be as bad as I just thought it was. <laughs> And so I rewatched it just before this, and uh, it was actually worse the second time. Oh, right. It was yeah. worse the second. You've got to make time. sure you don't watch it three times because otherwise Lionel Richie comes into comes into the mix. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to put my hand up. Uh, what the hell are you talking about, mate? I don't know. I didn't understand that. Once, twice, three times a lady. The famous Lionel Richie song that will. Oh. Will you don't know films? You don't know songs. Hold on. You don't Hold know on. Lionel no, no. Richie. Hold on. Connor laughed like you both knew what you were talking about, but then he reacted no. like he, that was not what he was laughing at. So I laughed because I thought Sean thought that Lionel Richie was one of the expendables. Uh, that would be brilliant casting, though. Can you imagine? So I, that actually leads me nicely onto my first sort of introduction to this film. If you were to to create the musical version of The Expendables, which is a, a, a crack team of of fighting musicians, you get to pick two musicians each. Lionel Richie is obviously the head of it. Who who's going to be oh in your God. dream team of The Expendables? Oh, that's such a good question. A good question. Whilst whilst you brainstorm it, we can come up with a name. So like the X Pianoables, um, the uh, yes. No, I don't think I'm going to beat that. Uh, the <laughs> the ex-piano. Uh, and they've all got to be musicians. Yeah. Well, I think I think definitely I'd have Keith Moon from The Who, who plays drums, because he's just a wildcat, and I think he'd be good. Who? Keith Moon. Oh, God, this is going to be ridiculous, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Keith Moon. Yep. So Keith Moon. I, I'm thinking Dave, Dave Grohl, because he, oh, he yeah. can kind of do a bit of everything. He yeah, can, yeah, he's yeah. very much... D- Dave would be in there. Very good. Okay, so we've got mm. Dave Grohl, Keith Moon, Lionel oh, Richie. We got, oh, but this is kind of... Maybe that's a bit similar to something else that I've, I've thought of. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm going to hold that answer in reserve. Okay. Wow, I'm glad you did that out loud. Is this a joint one? <laughs> <laughs> can, we do, can we do a oh, joint... No. Can we do a joint one? So we've got Lionel Richie, 
Keith Moon, Dave Grohl. We need two more people. Can we do a joint? Because I love, I just love working yeah. with Connor so much. Oh, 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 what about Mariah Carey? Because she oh. could reach that insane high note. Like if you needed to break a window and you didn't have a brick, mm-hmm. she could sing and the window would shatter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's a great. And one. we need one more. Awesome. We need one I was, more. I was gonna say. Um, Beyonce would be quite a good one because she's so she's just such a brilliant dancer. She could dance her way out of any situation. Of course she could. Yeah. Also, if I imagine in any situation, like any criminal or like military situation, <laughs> if Beyonce walked in, they'd be like, "Holy shit, it's Beyonce! Stop! Put the drugs away. We need it's Beyonce." I think she has just that power. Tight, tidy the room up and tidy yourselves up. <laughs> yeah, because Beyonce Queen B has arrived. So we've got yeah. on the poster here: Richie Moon, Grohl, Carrie Knowles. Oh, that's a that is a crack team. Yeah, Grohl and Knowles, of musical sort of brilliance. That would be a oh yeah a good super group. <laughs> <laughs> um, what would their what would their mission be? Like, what would a musical crack team such as those five? What would their mission be? <laughs> Uh, I don't know, but p- people would be quavering in their boots, Connor. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I had a mouthful of tea there. Otherwise, I would have laughed with my mouth open. <laughs> a, a Lionel Rich tea? Oh, God. Hell! I'm just preparing you. I've, ri- I've in my trivia round, because we do do trivia in this podcast, I've written some really cool, really nice jokes to come with all of the answers. So it's a little bonus oh, side to order. And are you sure they're the really level. funny, though? They've got to be really funny, Will, because otherwise it's waste Oh, yeah, time. yeah. I, I'm very happy to set set myself up for that fall. They're cool. hilarious. <laughs> Amazing. Live I'm at the so, Apollo I'm style. I'm excited. Um, so why have you never seen The Expendables, Conor McRenn and Libbles? Well, we we sort of landed on this film when we were we were talking about what film might bring me back to the podcast. Uh, I make it sound like I've been like, no, I won't come back unless it's the right film. I've basically spent the last five months saying, please, can I come back and do the podcast? Just when I tried so to fun. get out, they dragged me right back in. Well, it's a it's a pleasure to have you always, Connor. You are basically our our most regular guest, but there is definitely nothing regular about you. Oh, I love you. this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Very- he's the irregular regular you love to hear um and so we were we were talking about different film options and i realized when i was going through like a lot of action type movies uh, i've seen very few action type movies because i'm not really an alpha male who likes gunfire and explosions very much and then i realized i'm not sure i've ever seen an actual sylvester stallone film i know about him but I don't know his work. What do you know and, about him? Uh, <laughs> what do you know about him? I know he kind of talks like this a little bit, you know. Um, I know that's probably because he's been punched in the head a lot. <laughs> uh, I would imagine in, in his actual life, as, as well as his movie work, he's been punched in the head a lot. Um, and that's really the sum total of what I know about Sylvester Stallone. Like, I get... I get the feeling his politics are are quite right wing, but that might be unfair. <laughs> but also, you know he's right wing. Like <laughs> Sylvester Stallone. It just makes sense. So yeah, we just we chatted about some Sylvester Stallone films that none of us had seen. It turned out that The Expendables was one that we hadn't seen. So here we are. Sean, The Expendables. Yes. Tell yeah. me all. Tell me everything. 
Have you seen any the, Sylvester what? Stallone movies? Uh, yeah, I've seen Rocky. I've seen... I think I've just seen Rocky. Uh, Which one? Not... not <laughs> uh, I, I, do you know what? I don't think I've sat through a whole... I've seen... I've seen... I feel like the, I've seen th- the one, two, and three in a mix of a melange of Stallone... It so sounds like remember. you've gone to like a Sylvester Stallone fan club and you're really trying to pretend <laughs> that you, you're like, oh yeah, no, I've seen, I feel like, like a melange of, um, uh, I've, I've eaten the Rocky chocolate bars actually. So, um, <laughs> and like, what's your favorite Stallone bit? Oh, there's so many, <laughs> too many to choose from. Uh, uh, the one where he is a boxer. I mean, come on. Um, <laughs> no, but yeah, I, I can't remember who he fights in the films, but I've seen the Rocky films uh that's as far i haven't seen anything else you haven't seen anything else just the rocky well, films and nothing else. Just, well, i swear by them i think he, he is that kind of person you feel like you've seen you've seen him around a lot and you're like yeah, yeah i know sylvester stallone but actually i've seen very few of his films as well mm-hmm. so yeah oh wait hold on wasn't he didn't he have a cameo in like guardians of the galaxy 2 hmm Am I imagining that? Are you thinking of Groot? <laughs> oh, yeah, I was thinking of a tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I saw a tree in a film, and I thought it was Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, I think Stallone. he played Treebeard in The the Two Towers, but I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm going to look up Sylvester Stallone, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh. Well, he's, he, he, he was. He did have a, a cameo on that, so I have seen a Sylvester Stallone film. How exciting for me. <laughs> Lucky me. Sean, you look like you're going to say something. Was that? Am I misreading the face? No, I was just going to. I just. I was just going to say. I feel like Stallone uh, has directed more films than I realised he had, um, and I always thought he was just like he was just Rocky. That's all he did. Uh, but he, he's done other stuff too. Mm. Mm. Yeah, Rambo. Yeah. He was John Rambo. Oh, Rambo. Yeah. Have you guys seen the Rambo mm-hmm. movies? No, no, never, se- no. never seen that. No, no. I know what the hell are we here doing film, the Expendables though. before we do Rambo? <laughs> <laughs> we work backwards. That's how we do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is that is by definition <laughs> how we do it. Um, so, in order, we're going to now talk about the last, the the first ten minutes, the middle ten minutes, and the last ten minutes of the films, and we're going to try piece together like a sexy jigsaw what happened in these films. So, Sean, you watched the first ten minutes. What the higgity hex happened? I did. I did. I watched the first ten minutes. I've got to be honest with you guys. Uh, I, a bit like Connor, I, I was questioning what I was watching a number of times. Um, so let me paint you the picture for the people that are listening. I'll paint you the picture of what happens in the first 10 minutes. So we open with some motorbikes, loads of motorbikes just riding along the road. And then after that sequence of motorbikes, it cuts to an ocean. So I don't quite know what the motorbikes had to do with anything, but it was just a shot of some motorbikes. And then we go to an ocean with a big cruise liner sort of ship but like a sort of industrial ship and uh and there's and there's lots of uh pirates on the ship um it's very uh like the kind of peg leg eye patch kind of fun no, cartoon no, pirates i would say more modern carrot uh, more modern carrots <laughs> not carrots more modern <laughs> pirates than uh than that although they might enjoy <laughs> they might enjoy carrots i don't know Pirate um, carrots. This is brilliant. 
But yeah, so they are all on this boat and they're being very violent towards people. It's a bit of a cultural stereotype, I think, but uh, or racial stereotype about pirates. I feel like pirates get a bit of a bad rep. But anyway, um, so <laughs> I think it's it's quite earned, Sean. I don't think you get too many philanthropic pirates, like kind of pirates no. who try to help people. I don't know. I, I think just... the whole point of piracy is you try to help yourself. Yeah, that's true. They are quite selfish, aren't they? But anyway, in this part of the film, they're being quite selfish. <laughs> They've got hostages, I think. Yeah. And they're they're sort of they're they're going around the ship willy nilly, not really minding anyone's business. Um, and then a little dinghy boat comes up to the the big ship, and we see lots of flashlights. And it's to be fair, it's quite it's quite difficult to understand what's going on because there's so many flashlights. It's really dark. Um, but then. Obviously, the big characters come in. So I saw Stallone's face. I see Jason Statham's face. I see uh, someone else I can't remember the name of's face. And all these people <laughs> uh, come up like from from. Oh, they're on a balcony, and they've got. They're obviously here to save the day. Um, and uh, but the, there's a bit of a hoo ha, and obviously the pirates are pretty upset about that. Um, and they're outnumbered. <laughs> so the good guys, the supposed good guys, are outnumbered. And uh, they have to make a call whether they can take all these pirates down in one go before the pirate shoots their hostage that they're trying to save. And they do it. Oh. It's crazy, but they do it. Whoa. And uh, there's lots of macho catchphrases thrown about, lots of testosterone <laughs> thrown about. Uh, and can you, uh, can you do some of those catchphrases? And if you can't remember them, just improvise them. Yeah, I think someone says something like, Ah, oh, you're always the guy with a knife. You like big knives, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> the machoest of all catchphrases. Oh, macho. And uh, there's, a lot, there's lots of knife talk, which I guess is an innuendo. And... Um, and then they're on a they're on a on a plane, and uh, oh no, what happened? Sorry, I forgot. One of them wants to kill one of the pirates, and they they say no, he can't he can't hang the pirate. He wants to hang him from the balcony. He says no, we don't do that. We kill people, but we don't hang them. I don't understand the difference. Um, <laughs> but but apparently there's a moral code that they stick to, and then they're all on a ship yeah. on a plane after the ruckus and one of them hands them a, a knife and says i feel like you could keep this you probably need it more than i do and that was the end of the 10 minutes and i'll be honest mm. who, I, who gets given the knife uh, who gets given the cheesy knife? cheesy joe he's always carving off bits of the uh, <laughs> classic cheesy yeah, he, joe. He does. He that knife the cook the cook definitely gets given the knife and it's a big knife i'll be honest it's 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 not a small knife it's a more of a crocodile dundee knife than a pen knife. Um, yeah, yeah. But, okay. But it's it's a definitely. You know what you're going to get with a Stallone movie, I feel. But that uh, definitely. It's... Well, you do if you've seen a Stallone <laughs> movie before. I think what you're definitely going to get with a Stallone movie is Stallone, and that's yeah. as far as I can wage <laughs> uh, yeah. wager. So that's what happened in my ten minutes. Um, Nice. Well, I'll be honest, most of that time, my laptop just was like, nah, I don't want to play ball. So it just, everything stopped for like a good four minutes. I was just sitting here. So 
I missed I all of it. I thought you were just very still, really <laughs> attentively listening, Will. I was actually admiring yeah. to how be, still you could be. I'll be honest, there was a T-Rex outside and I just was like, <laughs> I need to stay still, man. <laughs> My water was jiggling over here in the corner. Oh, yeah, so nice. Connor, do you have any, hearing Sean's first 10 minutes, do you have any idea of where the film is going to go from there? I'll be honest, Will. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. Um, that's fair it, it sounds like it's a big you know like in a Bond movie where you kind of have the big action opening yeah. pre-credits and then it doesn't often relate to the rest of the plot it's just a big action mm. opening sequence that kind of sounds like that yeah. where they just went and fought some carrot pirates mm. uh, so, and sorry there were gif- carrot pirates there were oh, yeah, carrots you missed, you missed there, that yeah. yeah they're really good at seeing in the dark but um <laughs> they, uh, <laughs> yeah, you missed that, Will. Carrot, carrot pirates. Okay, that's fair. I think and that's crucial to the plot. I think all, carrot pirates is amongst the phrases that I didn't think would come up when talking about an action movie. <laughs> the other ones were the three that Sean used in the description of the Expendables, which were willy nilly, hoo ha, and ruckus, which I don't think I think have ever been said with Sebastian Stallone in mind. <laughs> Wasn't the movie's tagline, The Expendables, wait till you see this to do. <laughs> My name is Willy Nilly, and I'm expendable. Um, well, t- I'll tell you what, I'll tell you exactly where we get to in this film, because I watched the middle 10 minutes. Yes. Um, starts off with Sylvester Stallone, he's looking a little bit wet, you guys. He's a bit sweaty. And turns out him and old Jason Statham, the transporter, are in a plane and they're like ride and die yeah and then Jason Statham gets in the gunner seat of the plane and then they shoot this pier and then they dump dump the fuel on the pier and then they shoot a flare gun at the pier and and it goes whoosh and explodes and then it cuts to this spray tan dude who's like an older guy and he's real angry because of Stallone and Statham got through security and killed 41 soldiers and then he's like oh that he's like there must have been an inside person who did this. It was your daughter talking to this general guy. And then he's like, he says something like, a daughter wants her dad and company dead and gone. That's Shakespeare. And I was like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Sorry? Okay. <clears throat> uh, I missed that part of Midsummer Night's Dream. Okay. <laughs> um, and then Stone Cold Steve Austin is there. Yes. Uh, then yes, some big dude yeah. with a shotgun comes in. And then there's, some men just doing some angry menning all over the place and bruce willis is on a screen somewhere and um basically i got sort of the whole reveal of the plot do we want to know what what the job is and stuff Ooh, ooh, no i might leave it till after connor's 10 minutes and then i'll be able to let you know after that i mean i love that i say that as if like I'm really like precious about spoiling where the whole podcast yeah, yeah, is please, about spoiling. Please stuff. don't spoil the film for me, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's because you watched the first ten minutes. You had a traditional viewing experience yeah, that was cut yeah. short, and now and you're now like, I want to like, know. Yeah, now I'm like, don't do it, don't spoil it for me. But yeah, of course, spoil it, spoil away. <laughs> no, no, I'm going to leave it till after Connor because we'll see what happened in that. But anyway, um, then we cut to then we cut to just just like suburbia, um, USA. And Jason Statham, I think it's USA, yeah. Uh, he comes to this woman's house, and uh, I think it's the first woman we've seen in the film, and she's she's been beaten up. So it's like, oh, cool, let's just 
casually talk about domestic violence. Fantastic. That, I'm sure Jason Statham will be able to deal with that eloquently. Um, <laughs> so Jason Statham then is like, you shouldn't have let him do that or whatever. And then goes to a basketball court and finds the guy who hit, hit her and basically just fucks up six guys. And it's really great. Um, oh, it's a great, great fight scene. And then, and then the general's troops are fucking some people up. And then there's a guy painting a guitar and smoking a pipe. And then Sylvester Stallone's character's called Barney for real. Uh, and that's that's where I got to. Extraordinary. Okay. So yeah, any questions? I'm trying to think how that might relate to the the last ten minutes that I saw. And other than the bit that you're not telling us, I don't think there's much. <laughs> reflected well, of the let's jump that straight into line. what happened in the last 10 minutes connor let's get oh to the goodness the- so the last 10 minutes of the film opens believe it or not with an explosion <laughs> um i went exactly 10 minutes back from the beginning of the credits and the first no. thing i saw was an explosion and that was totally unexpected. <laughs> that is uh, very on brand, isn't it? It started with motorbikes. <laughs> then for me, they were in a plane. And then for you, there was an explosion. It's, it's all like, action. <laughs> it is all action. Yeah, they hit the, their beat. The last 10 minutes was just full of... I mean, I don't watch a lot of action movies, but it was full of every imaginable action movie cliche. <laughs> it was... I mean, also, the whole vibe of it was just... If you guys just took your clothes off, and started kissing like that's a more productive way to vent this frustration that you're clearly (laughs) feeling toward each other like they so want each other but anyway uh big explosion they're they're exchanging gunfire so uh sly stallone and terry cruz Mm. from brooklyn 99 big terry former nfl player they're shooting uh, and other dudes are shooting back. It's very dark, so I couldn't really tell who was who. Uh, and then Sylvester Stallone's like, "Ah, oh, I'm out of ammo. But then, like a second later, he's still shooting loads of people. So <laughs> he's not out of ammo. So I don't know if I can trust his character. I think because he's you, clearly a liar. What you don't understand, Connor, is when you work out so much, like you can produce bullets from yeah. your body. <laughs> like you just start oozing bullets and... Uh, repressed (laughs) (laughs) so there's all this gunfire happening and then you see uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin is there with I believe the spray tan dude you were talking about the actor whose name is Eric Roberts I believe he's Julia Roberts uncle he also played Sal Maroney in The Dark Knight so he was actually in one good film once he's one of those actors much like many of the cast of The Expendables whose best days are very firmly behind him. Oh, that's a sad uh, double meaning to the name of the film, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> the whole cast. I genuinely just... think the movie studio came up with the name just looking at the cast and they're like, yeah, yeah, expendable. Yeah. Uh, so, so Stone Cold Steve Austin is running along with Eric Roberts and Eric Roberts uh, has got a woman with him and he's holding a gun to this woman and Stone Cold Steve Austin is carrying a big... Uh, duffel bag which i assume is full of money because mm-hmm. bags like that are exclusively made to hold money in action movies i've never seen a duffel bag used for any other purpose <laughs> uh but then i don't go to the gym a lot so maybe they're used there it's, but, no, it's just people getting their gym gear out and like <laughs> thousands of dollars spill out and like, <laughs> fuck's sake, man. i need to get a second duffel bag <laughs> 
Uh, that's why um, everyone looks at me when I'm at the gym taking my bag off. They're like, what's he got? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're like, that rich son of a bitch. Yeah, that's because, Sean, you arrive at the gym with a treasure chest and you're like, oh, <laughs> all these doubloons. Yeah, I'll hand out the carrots. See you later, pirate. <laughs> Ward off that scurvy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and what else? So yes, uh, Jet Lee at one stage jumps into the sky and throws something into what I thought was just a, a regular like stream, like a little kind of water feature thing. Mm. But it must have been full of petrol or something for some reason, because there's then a huge series of explosions. Uh, and Stone Cold Steve Austin has to leave a door down. He just rips a door. Of something they're outside so i have no idea thinking about it where steve austin gets the door and i have watched it twice <laughs> but steve austin just appears with a door well, that, and puts it down over the fire underneath the ring or something like probably yeah <laughs> and the thing is it also looks like a wooden door but he just sets it down on the fire and they use it as a bridge to cross this fire river <laughs> uh and there's lots of gunfire still happening around them and then out of nowhere some dude jumps down and starts fighting Steve Austin. And initially, on first viewing, I thought Steve Austin was one of the good guys, one of these expendable types, who I assume... I mean, good guys are a relative term when like they've murdered as yeah. many people as they have. But let's say that they are the quote-unquote heroes of the movie. I thought Austin was one of those. So I was very surprised when Steve Austin gets into this fist fight with someone and uh, this dude who I didn't recognise then starts wrestling with Steve Austin. And you don't want to get into a wrestling match with Steve because he knows his business. But this dude, he wrestles with Steve uh, through fire. And I thought, whoa, that's cool. But then Steve is on fire oh, and no. he's just like flailing around and making a kind of action movie dude on fire noise. Like, ah, ah. That was pretty he's good. making that noise. It was a good impression. Yeah. Well, I've I've been on fire in a lot of action <laughs> movies, so I know fire. my craft. <laughs> <laughs> and and that sequence ended with, uh, I mean, Steve Austin was very much on fire, and he was going to just die anyway. Like he was just going to burn to death. But the dude that he was wrestling with thought that's not enough for Steve Austin. So he did a very dramatic jump in the air and punch him in the face and knocked Steve Austin out. So Steve Austin's lying there on fire. I'm I'm pretty sure. He's not in the sequel. Uh, yeah, yeah. Although, who no. knows? Maybe he comes back as very burnt. Yeah. Uh, stone hot Steve yeah, Austin. Stone hot Steve Austin makes a return. <laughs> well, I think the thing Did is he... we can all say is that anything's possible in these films. So he could be a ghost in the next one. He could be. He could come back as. That would make a lot of sense. Yeah, he could come back as a, a ghost of. Christmas I concede it's too soon to rule <laughs> Steve Austin out of the Expendables 2. Yeah, and three. We're going to have to watch it to find out. Uh, and three. Yeah. And whatever other Expendables movies they make until these people eventually die. Um, so uh, did he... Uh, two questions. Did he do a Stone Cold Stunner on anyone? There, there was no Stunner. Oh. There was absolutely no Stunner, uh, which was very disappointing. Yeah. He didn't hit anybody with a steel chair, mm. which was very disappointing. A very off-brand for yeah. Steve. Mm. I feel like they he, hoofed that one over the bar. Like, you can't put <laughs> Steve in there like, and not do that. He used a door, but for a very practical, like, bridge purpose, as opposed to, like, you know, putting someone through yeah. the door or anything like do you that. Think it, he was, had it was a, very tame for Steve. Do you think they had, like, a serious intellectual conversation sort of, at the, you know, before reading the script where he was like, look, 
I don't want you to see me as Stone Cold. I know that's my name. I'm called Steve Austin, but just leave the Stone Cold out of this one, all right? Because I'm a yeah. serious actor now. And I, I yeah. make, Can I be I honest with you, Sean? Something you said there, I have questions about. You said before they read the script, I don't know if there was a script to this movie. The 10 minutes I saw... There was no script to this I, movie. No, that, that's not true. Actually, I've got the script here. I can read some of it for you. It oh says, my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically so, how it goes. There was, there was so much more in this last 10 minutes that I need to tell you about. Because at one point, uh, well, at one point, uh, Sylvester Stallone's shooting a bunch of guys and he jumps into a truck and then shoots through the wind, the, 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 window the front window of the car what do you call that the, the windshield, the windshield that's the yeah he shoots through the windshield of the car then immediately jumps out of the truck again so he only went into the truck to shoot through the windshield then he jumped out then the truck exploded uh then terry cruz appears at sylvester stallone's side and sylvester stallone out of nowhere just lifts up a massive rocket and he's like, it's too heavy, it's too heavy, you need to throw it. And so Terry Crews just takes the rocket and throws it toward a helicopter and Sly starts shooting the rocket midair and the rocket explodes and the helicopter explodes and this upsets Eric Roberts, who's got this woman. Uh, so, so This he... upsets. I like in the stage directions <laughs> of the script. Brackets, upset. <laughs> He's, He's really genuinely mildly it. frustrated oh, by it. Oh, hey! No, no, that was my rocket and my chopper. Hey! <laughs> and and there, I feel like there's something else. There's another big thing in this action sequence that I'm going to have to go through my notes. Because uh, I made like five pages of notes. I tried to keep a track of all the explosions and then I lost count. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I think that, that just about covers it for that action sequence. So uh, Steve Austin's dead after using a door as a bridge. Jet Li set off a lot of explosions. Terry Crews threw a rocket in the air. Sly shoots it. Eric Roberts, madly upset, runs away with the woman. Uh, and so then there's a close-up of Jason Statham for no very good reason. And then Sly Stallone runs after the man, uh, Eric Roberts, who's taken the woman away. And they go to this, like, I mean, everywhere is on fire and buildings are collapsing around them and everything. And then suddenly it's like they're in this very peaceful park away from all the violence. <laughs> and uh, Sly Stallone's like, where are you going? Give the woman back because I want the woman. And uh, I had to turn subtitles on because I didn't understand. <laughs> Diction isn't Sly's thing. And Eric Roberts is holding this gun to the woman's head and he's like, oh, you're with the agency, the agency. I used to be with the agency. You're a mercenary. I'm a mercenary. Why'd you come after me? I'd have paid you more money, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and Sly's like, I didn't come after you, dipshit. I came after the woman. And then uh, Sly Sloan shoots Eric Roberts way more times than the situation calls for. Like, too much. And bear in mind, only moments before, Sly Sloan was, quote, out of ammo. Uh, but Eric Roberts has been shot to shit. And again, this film seems to be about not just violence, but excessive violence, because Eric Roberts was dead here. He'd been shot a lot. He wasn't going to survive. But that wasn't enough because a very large knife that we've already heard mentioned suddenly appears through the chest of Eric Roberts. And who else but Jason Bloody Statham has gone and stabbed him. 
after he'd already been shot to death. Yeah. So the woman's been saved, uh, and they do that wonderful action movie thing where nothing funny happens, but everybody just laughs. Uh, <laughs> it's got one of those, which is great. Uh, <laughs> and that's kind of that. Then cut to the next day, exactly like that, Will. Yes. I was trying to do cut. it, but we all just assumed Connor had said something funny because that's usually what happens. So <laughs> no, that's not out of place here. It's out of place in an action movie or the end of Lord of the Rings, but not here. And then the next day, uh, Sly Stallone is outside the plane that we've already heard so much about. Mm. Uh, Jason Statham is already on board and he's talking to this woman. And clearly this was like a rescue mission to save this woman. We find out during the course of this conversation that the woman was called Sandra. Is she even worth saving Sandra? <laughs> like, who's ever launched such a violent campaign to save Sandra? An My incredible situation. She's a wonderful woman. Uh, I was a liar. I just wanted to test your resolve. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think I showed I'm a sniveling coward when it comes You're to... You're right about the alpha male. Alpha male? More like alfalfa male, right? Because like chickpea water? Little rascals. Is that scan? Is that scan? I like it. I like it. If it's a Little Rascals reference, it gets a thumbs up from me. Is that Little Rascals? Yeah. I don't know what Little Rascals is. Alf was Alfalfa not the main yeah, character yeah. in Little he Rascals? Yeah, he was. He was. I mean, Will's oh, making up I'm things he doesn't of... even know. I was thinking of Aquafaba. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that is. That's the water you get in a chickpea can. That's the level I'm operating in. <laughs> Is that not just water? I did not know there was a name for that. No, are you kidding me? Aquafaba, it's what you make vegan meringues out of. It's a great thickener. Well, it's a lot less interesting no. than alfalfa so just... from Little Rascals. <laughs> well, I don't know, Sean. I mean, meringue's been brought into it, and meringue is good. Yeah. Meringue, meringue is it's, very it's like a, good. a substitute for egg white, basically. Oh, yeah. that's grim. Come on, vegans. Yeah, stop trying to innovate and save the planet, you fucking dweebs. Using starchy water, give me a sugary meringue. Do you put sugar in it still? Yeah, yeah. Obviously, it's not just. It just doesn't just taste. <laughs> I thought it was no. just chickpea water. When you're vegan, when you're vegan, you're not allowed. You're not allowed anything. And it, like you can, you just use plain water to make your meringues. That's Do you know it. what? You two are sounding a lot like alpha males right now. Actually, <laughs> I. I did watch the last 10 minutes twice and I think some of their attitude is rubbing off on me. I apologize to all the vegan listeners. You deserve better from me and I'm going to go and watch The Color Purple. I really uh, derailed the this. absolute heck out of that. So I think it's time to, to just let you know that when we were talking about pirates earlier, I, wanted, I really wanted to say that they ate carrots because of the vitamin C. But it, it never came through and, and now I've had to shoehorn it in. But I think we're so off topic that I think it's probably all right. Oh, I, th I definitely think it, we should all take a moment. Sean, did you have any jokes you wanted to make earlier? Uh, no, I made all my jokes. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. Well then, I'll, I'll get on. We've got, but all of that action was only about five minutes. Oh my worth, god! But I really told you everything that <laughs> happened. There. The first time, the explanation is longer than the real time watching. <laughs> I'll, I'll speed through this next bit very quickly. Oh, no, no, so, take your time. I'll, I'll come up with more pirate jokes. <laughs> next day, Sly Stallone talking to the woman that they rescued. Uh, you get the sense that maybe it's a romantic thing, but then it turns out it's not a romantic thing. Uh, and he's about to leave on this jet plane. He doesn't know when he'll be back again. Uh, <laughs> but she does say to him, 
will you ever come back? And he says, I'll always be around. But again, this is Sylvester Stallone telling a lie because he won't always be around because he's literally about to get in this plane and leave. And I don't think he is ever going to come back again. Do you reckon so they tried Sylvester to get Stallone's I'll be back cleared and they couldn't? <laughs> so just like, just, I'll, I'll be around. <laughs> Give me a moment and I will return. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, so Sly gets on the plane. Jason Statham's there. Again, they, they have a moment where I think I don't know if Jason Statham tried to make a joke or if the person who wrote the quote-unquote script tried to write a joke, but it didn't come across as a joke, but then they just laugh and they fly off. Do you remember what the joke was? Was it like my vitamin C one? Uh, it was nowhere near as good as your vitamin C one. Thank you. Uh, I, I believe Jason Statham said to Sly Stallone, I never thought she was your type anyway. And then they laugh. These impressions are uh, fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah. Can I just say, <laughs> like, they're on point. I feel like I'm like Jason Statham is here. I feel like we. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. This should be like fucking Expendables. Joining a special, special guest, Jason Statham. Jason Statham. And, Statham. and Sly. To be Stallone. honest, I think we'll probably get more listeners if we do market it like that. <laughs> no offense to your brand, Connor, but oh no, I know that Statham has a somewhat bigger following than me, but it's, it's about right. quality, ju- not quantity. We can just say my three Statham. fans are worth more than Statham's tens of thousands of. <laughs> only pr- only problem is <laughs> two thirds of your fans are on this podcast, so. <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully the other fans gonna listen, and that would be this one's going out to you, yeah. dear fan. <laughs> Uh, the final scene of the film, gents, takes place in a bar. I think we're back in the States now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And all of these expendable gentlemen are drinking together, having a nice time. Clearly mission accomplished. They're delighted with themselves. Uh, Jason Statham and Mickey Rourke are knife throwing because it's that kind of bar where you just throw knives yeah, against like a, a board. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like any standard pub in Colchester. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, people of Colchester. Uh, so they're throwing knives at each other. They're making something of a game of it. Uh, I believe it might be an accuracy type thing. Like darts, but with big knives. Uh, so they're throwing knives and uh, they're having a good time. And you find out that Mickey Rourke's character is called Tool because Jason Statham finishes the film in extraordinary fashion. Oh, yeah. Uh, so rule one: never look in a package, and then it's part of the transporter <laughs> cinematic universe. He's just about to throw his final shot in the knife throwing game when he decides that he's going to recite a poem, which causes no way. Uh, Sylvester Stallone to say, "I love poetry." Uh, it's an incredible line. Sylvester Stallone comes out, and you know you think that this is a film full of alpha males, but no. They love poetry. And would you like me to recite the poem? Can for we try you? and guess what poem it is? Oh god, yes. I, I mean you'll never guess, but Is it a Robert Frost? But also Frost, you might. Is it a Robert Frost poem? <laughs> I I want to say you're cold. Cold. Uh, Sean, you got any ideas? Frost, <laughs> cold, uh, cold, frost. Sorry, Come I was on. so into the guessing game I didn't even get the pun. I'm sorry what? for giving you a chilly reception. Does that make <laughs> it better? Hey! I'm not a. Uh, I'm not. We're a snowed poet- under with jokes here. I'm not a poetry aficionado like Stice alone here, but um, I would say <laughs> maybe. I mean, maybe it's Shakespeare. Maybe it's like a. Maybe it's like one of his sonnets. You guys, 
you guys are, are once again guilty of giving Jason Statham too much credit. I guess, in a sense, Statham deserves credit in that I believe his character has has self-penned this opus. Oh. But on the flip side, uh, it, it's the worst thing I've ever heard. Nice. I can't wait. Sh- should I read it as Statham? Yeah, please. I think it would be rude not to, yeah. I'm worried that I'll lose it halfway through and it'll be like, why is Bill Cosby reading it now? <laughs> but hopefully it's not Bill Cosby. So <laughs> bear in mind now, Mickey, Mickey Rourke's character is called Tool. That's very important to this. Oh. And they're in a knife-throwing contest. Okay. I once knew a man named Tool. To me, he was the epitome of cool. He was good with a knife, bad with a wife. Oh, my God. But to think he could beat me, dreaming he'd defeat me. Cool Tool, you got to be a fool. And with that, Statham turns round and throws a knife from a great distance. Cut to all of the expendables on motorbikes. The motorbikes are back. Thin Lizzy play. The boys are back in town. End of film. I that's really upset me. That is I the worst thing. I can't quite mm. believe. I mean, did they think? Oh, we've got to make. We've got to tap into the intelligence of this film. Make it arty. Let's put a poem in there. Like that is. So I don't know where the poem came from. I wonder if someone at the studio said, it's a bit blokey, this. (laughs) Could we get something in for the girlfriends who have been dragged along to the cinema? And they're like, no worries. We'll stick a poem in at the end. Well, this this is what I thought. I thought it was like a counterintuitive choice deliberately to be like we'll put in like a sylvia plath poem it'd be like whoa this is actually like he's read all up wow but instead it's like a monosyllabic knife wife rhyme scheme piece yeah of yeah, the knife, yeah the knife wife hastily was... improvised it's also like rhythmically really challenged i once knew a man named tool to me he was the epitome of cool yeah, I thought it was going to be a limerick at first. That, well, that's the thing. It starts sounding like a limerick, and then it just throws in two extra lines. If there was a script to this film, whichever work experience tool wrote this, uh, <laughs> clearly had never heard an actual limerick yeah, before. Yeah. I want to see a man named Tool. To me, he was the epitome of cool. He was good with a knife, bad with a wife. But to think he could beat me, dreaming he'd defeat me, cool tool, you gotta be a fool. There's also a change of tense in there. Yeah. Uh, and like who you're speaking to. The poem's a mess, guys, but that's how they choose to finish it. And then all the, the guys that are on their motorbikes again, and then Lizzie are singing, the boys are back in town. And uh, and I'm weeping. <laughs> that, that's how it ends with me crying. <laughs> Well, that was I definitely the longest it's taken anyone to talk about the last 10 minutes. Thank but you. I think that Thank was entirely justified and warranted because <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, is I... a, that is a whole host of shit. There's a lot going on. A lot going on. And simultaneously, absolutely nothing going on. Yeah. yeah. Sean, do you uh, think you could improvise a better poem about throwing knives at a wall than Jason Statham could? Oh, Yeah, I think I probably yes. could, yeah. Go for it. My name is Jason and I live <laughs> in a whole... Like a basin. <laughs> I throw knives Already. at walls because I looked at a ball once. <laughs> I got him in the bum because he said I couldn't hum. Right. 
And that's the end of my poem about show him. That, do you know what? I really like that because it, it keeps the essence of the original one, which it sounds really like a guy who spent his whole life writing limericks and halfway through improvising a limerick was like, I want to I wanna be a beat poet, man. I want to mm. do spoken words. So changes it. And you had the same thing. That yeah, was excellent, Sean. That was beautiful, Sean. Thank you. You have to release a I, poetry I, collection, please. I think, <laughs> yeah, I think I will. I mean, I could do it in different voices. Jason Statham's <laughs> a favourite at the moment, so I think I'll... Yeah. Oh, yeah. You could call it the expendables and emphasise the pen. <gasps> you know? oh, that's brilliant. Oh, that's good. That's good. It's probably already a book, isn't it? Right, I think it's high time we moved on to the actual uh, information round. Because people come <laughs> yeah. to this podcast for facts. And uh, we have a round where we do, we ask some trivia questions. So Sean and I have both looked at trivia for this film. Sean, would you like to go first or would you like to go second? I'll go first. Fantastic. Mm. So Sean's got um, five questions to ask us. Connor and I will be answering them. Oh, it's going to be great. Take it away, Sean. Okay, so the first question, question number one is, <clears throat> in this film, how many injuries did Sylvester Stallone sustain? How many injuries... And you are playing. Sorry, how, how does this work? Is it like a buzzer thing? Oh yeah, sorry. Do we uh, need to go over buzzer signs? No, I just I want you to. Um... Oh yeah, let's do buzzers. Let's do buzzers, and we'll buzz in, and then whoever gets there first can answer the question. That's good. I like that. Um, so, uh, what's your nice. buzzer, Connor? Sylvester. And uh, Will. Stallone. <laughs> okay, great. Brilliant. That's, that's, okay, <laughs> that's gonna be confusing. Okay, so how many? I'm gonna I'm gonna say it again. How many injuries okay, did yeah, Sylvester nice. Stallone sustain for this film? Sylvester. That was Connor there. Uh, how many do you think? I believe he sustained absolutely no injuries because he's unbreakable. Nice. Stallone. I think uh, he sustained yeah. 34 injuries. And oh, no, Will, you've, you've, be mis- somewhere between you've misunderstood the how this works. So if Connor gets it <laughs> oh, wrong. Shit. I pass over to you, and oh, he has oh, he right, has right. actually oh. got it wrong, so that's fine. So um, if you could buzz in again nice. for me, Will, please. Stallone. Uh, yeah, how many do you think? Uh, I said thirty-four. I think yeah. Thirty-four. Thirty-four. Probably okay. too high. Probably too okay, high. Okay, all right. Well, I'll, I'll come to that at the end. I'll come to that at the end. Um, Ooh. So uh, well, actually. Uh, Let's tell you the answers now because it's more fun. God, this, this trivia round is messier than the last 10 minutes of The Expendables. <laughs> so the answer is 14. 14, including a broken tooth, a ruptured ankle, a hairline fracture in his neck that needed a metal plate. And he also oh got bronchitis and shingles during this film. I don't know if you count oh those God. as injuries, but they're definitely illnesses. <laughs> I, I, I mean to be honest like sometimes when i act real hard i get shingles oh yeah it can happen it can happen yeah man Question i've heard two. yeah during his oh no no no, 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 no Connor. <laughs> no it was gonna be a joke but we'll we'll come back to jokes at the end okay. yeah, yeah we'll, we'll do a little recap <laughs> if there are any jokes that were missed question number two which two actors in the film share the same voice actor when it is dubbed in Germany. Sylvester. Connor. He's so fast. He's so fast. He's so fast. I believe, I believe it might be Terry Crews 
and the woman that they save at the end. Oh, um, this is left field. This go is on, left field. Go on. It is left field, and it's unfortunately wrong field. Oh. Um, so, uh, Will, you've got the option now to uh, to you've got the option to answer this right. Uh, so <laughs> now I'm, I I don't think I'll take the option actually. Okay, I don't think that's in the spirit of things. Uh, I I would say um, that it's ah uh, um, Jet Li and Jason Statham. Oh, good <laughs> good guesses, but actually you're both because their names begin with J. Yeah yeah yeah. I can see why you thought that, but it's actually yeah, Sylvester yeah. Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, Wait, was Arnie in this one? Well, yeah. So we I don't think we have... Wow. I was expecting to come up in one of the last 10 minutes, but uh, I think he's a very, very short scene. But the voice actor, Thomas Daneberg, had to voice both actors and did Arnie with a higher tone and Stallone with a low, raspy voice. So they got one person to do both people. <laughs> I, I hope there weren't any scenes where they had a conversation. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure there were. <laughs> where Sylvester is like, hello, figured steer. Yeah, good, good steer. <laughs> like, is that what we're talking here? Castrato Arnie. I'll be back. <laughs> oh, I'll be around. <laughs> Amazing. I, I never would have guessed that. Uh, question number three. <laughs> which, which of these actors was only available... Which of the actors, sorry, was only available for 48 hours and which, and another, sorry, so we'll go with that. Which of the actors uh, was only available for 48 hours? Stallone. Ooh. Yeah, Will. Yeah, got in there. I think it was Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay, and uh, that's actually wrong. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, shit. <laughs> Connor, what do you shit. think? 48 hours, that's it. I'm going to say Mickey Rourke. Mickey Rourke is the right answer. Whoa! Well done. Mickey Rourke was only available for 48 hours because he was filming Iron Man 2 at the time. But oh here's God. a bonus point. Uh, hmm. Question number four. <laughs> um, <laughs> not a bonus point. So just, just a diff- it's different just a, question. The next question. Just the next question, yeah. <laughs> uh, which, which of the actors did this film for free? Oh, so there's the. Uh, that's Connor. Uh, I believe that this was a passion project for Terry Crews. <laughs> okay, that's the wrong answer, I'm afraid. Terry Crews did, oh. not, did get paid for it. Uh, I Will, think Sylvester Stallone think? didn't get paid for it, but took like a, a collection of the box office profits or something. Mm. I thought you were going to say took a collection of the motorbikes, because that does sound like something he would do. Um, <laughs> but no, it was Arnie that did it for free. Uh, because it was a cameo appearance, and let's be honest, he doesn't need the money. Um, true. Question so true. number five, my final question. Uh, Eric Roberts and David yeah. Sayas, who play the villains in this film... Fills me with confidence when you don't know how to pronounce the, uh, <laughs> the question. Also play a certain villain of a superhero in two different incarnations... Name the villain and which films or series? Connor? Well, I did mention earlier that Eric Roberts played mob boss Sal Maroney in The Dark Knight. Uh, so does that count? 
Yes, that that's counts. not the answer you have, is it? No, 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 it is. It's Salmarani and it's uh, the Dark Knight. But there's also David Sayes who plays the same character in something else. And can you name what that is? Uh, so he plays Salmarani again. Yeah, in a different in a different uh, incarnation of of that. Uh, oh, was he was he the one in Batman Forever? Oh, I'm sorry, that's the wrong answer. Uh, Will, do you know? Oh. Yeah, yeah, he was in the Christmas film Home Maroney, and uh, <laughs> he fought off a bunch of kids who were trying to break into his house. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, Wait, did, oh, can I go again? Did he voice him in, in the animated film uh, Under the Red Hood? No, you're obviously not the Batman fan that I thought you were, Connor. Shut this up, is, Sean! This is the hardest question I've ever heard. First of all, yeah, but- I have no fucking idea who Sal Maroney is. I've never heard of that character. <laughs> He's he's one of Gotham's mob bosses. He's yeah, well, listen, Will, I made this question specifically for our guest because I thought he'd really appreciate it, but unfortunately, oh, he hasn't got, got it right. Oh. It is The Dark Knight. It is Sam Maroney, but he, yeah. David Sayos did it in Gotham. Oh, that heap of shit. Okay, yeah. yeah it's not great. I never that said was it was great, series. but, you know... Anyway, no, didn't. Uh, in your gonna, defense. So I'm going to say uh, well done to you both. Obviously, Will got five points out of 85, and Connor is the winner today of my round uh, with uh, 15 points out of 85. Well done, guys. You did really, really nice. well. I'll take it. Well, now so it's much. time for the uh, the second round of trivia. This time, just to change things up, you guys are on a team. You have to come up with the answer together, right? Okay. Oh, okay. brilliant. Uh, also, each question will feature a really great, cool joke. Remember. Um, question number one what does Sylvester Stallone why oh fucking I take take that again from the top <clears throat> why does Sylvester Stallone's character have a tattoo of a raven on his back a raven. what do you think Sean a raven is it because uh, he tried to get like an American eagle but he was concussed from Rocky <laughs> and so he was like a raven <laughs> <laughs> That's my best guess. <laughs> is it Your teammates do, just laughing at you. Is it something to do with um, Adrian from Rocky? She her nickname was Raisin. Was Raisin, <laughs> and so he got Raven because Ravens eat Raisin. Sorry, is it a Raven or a Raisin? Oh, sorry, sorry. You thought that in the Expendables, Sylvester Stallone's had a massive Raisin tattooed on his back. You were just accepting that. Sorry, I swear you said raisin. Then I was like, I didn't, it was like, yeah, fine, of course. <laughs> Sounds like it, it would happen. This film has a door that quells fire. Um, this okay, is amazing. Sorry. Yes, I think our, our answer, we're going with that answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yes, in, in another film, a character who wasn't Sylvester Stallone had the nickname Raisin. Nice, nice. Well, you're close. Because in the Ooh. film First Blood, uh, I think that's Rambo. Uh, it is. John, John Rambo's radio code name is Raven. Oh. Uh, so he had a raisin tattoo. I, w- <laughs> I would have also accepted that um, uh, <laughs> that he couldn't pronounce eagle properly. He said, eagle, and they were like, oh, it sounded like Raven. Um, but my little cool joke is, the answer's probably because he's stark raven mad. <laughs> okay, question number two. Um, <laughs> What was Sylvester Stallone's role in the film Party at Kitty and Studs? 
Ooh. Uh, oh, I think Connor. I think he was probably the guy who like came in and sort of cleaned up the mess. So like, there was, <laughs> there oh, was... you think he played the the cleaner? <laughs> yeah. No, like you know, like they got into some trouble. This party went south quite quickly, and someone mm. maybe someone got someone died. Someone fell down the stairs and oh, tripped my. on a cheese slice, and um, <laughs> and uh, and he has to come in and make it look like. It was an accident. <laughs> Interesting. So, so not so much a cleaner, like a crime scene cleaner, yeah, like rather a, than like a yeah, yeah. where do you keep the debt all? But an illegal one, cleaner. not like a not like someone who comes in with the brushes. Someone who comes in with the sure, 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 moves bodies. One of those cleaners. <laughs> yeah, I I like it. I like it. I think it's a very solid answer. I was going to suggest that he plays the party. Um, well, let's go but, with that. I think that's fantastic. I mean, what more would you want from Stallone but I, than a party? But I like the thought of this party getting out of hand, someone slipping on a cheese slice, and then Sylvester Stallone has to clean up the body. So I'm going to go with that. All right, okay, let's do that. You're, do you know gen- what, you're a generous uh, man. By, by, <laughs> by the uh, virtue of innuendo, you, you're pretty close. When you said clean, clean up... So Kitty and Stud are lovers. They enjoy a robust sex life, with it, which includes fellatio and light S and M. Specifically, Stud, uh, specifically Stud belt whipping Kitty. Three women come over for a party, and Stud services them one after the other. It was a porno, a softcore porno in 1970 that Sylvester Stallone was in. Awesome! No way! I didn't know he did porn. Oh yeah, it gets it get, He only did one. It gets sad. Uh, he did it when he was living in a bus shelter because it paid two hundred dollars. Oh no! Is it uh, like, but I guess was his character called John Rambo? <laughs> oh, oh no, because the, that, this pre predated oh. Rambo. Unfortunately, predated Rambo, so that joke um, doesn't work. Well, this joke isn't going to work either. I guess that's <laughs> why they call Stallone a bad apple because he has a soft core. Question number three: <laughs> <laughs> For four days whilst working in Tennessee. Oh, also, sorry, I must say, um, this the trivia that you sent me, Sean is the most garbage trivia because we we split the imdb page and look at it when you get to the bottom it's just like seven out of five people found this interesting one of the bits of trivia that i was given was dolph lundgren described the film as an old school kick-ass action movie (laughs) one of the other bits of trivia was there's a character called buddha and a character called pest which is a joke (laughs) so that that made me try and write better jokes. So that's the kind of shit I was dealing with. So that's why I'm talking about. There's Amazing. one question about this film, and the rest of them are well, just. Well, that's about not the my fault because I didn't film. read it. Right? I, I didn't read it well. Oh no! Hey, Sean, I, I'm sorry. My anger is not directed at you. It's directed at the internet and the people therein. That's absolutely fine. <laughs> okay, for four days when working in Tennessee, what did Stone Cold Steve Austin eat? Ooh. Four days. Where were they working? Tennessee. Oh, this wasn't while the film was happening. This was just in Stone Cold Steve Austin's life. It's a bad question. Well, in his life. You, um, you've got you 10 seconds. Steel I was going to say a very off-brand thing. Uh, what about ribs? Like Nothing but short-back <laughs> ribs. Nothing but ribs. Like, um... Yeah, let's go with that. Okay, nothing, nothing but, but ribs short-back is... Ribs. Short-back ribs, great. No, you're wrong. The answer is raw potatoes and, sh- and tuna because he was uh, not earning very much money at the time and he didn't have a stove, so he had to eat them raw. I guess that's why they call him Stone Cold, Steve Austin. (laughs) Question number four. Um, Which actor, before they were a professional actor, was a professional diver? Uh, 
Jet Li. What do you think? Jet Li. I was going to say Jet Li. Yeah, yeah. He looks nimble. He it's a good nimble. guess, but it's incorrect. The incorrect, answer Sean. is Jason Statham. Jason really? Statham was Statham. a professional diver, so I guess he played football for Liverpool. <laughs> I, does that work? <laughs> is that the right football team to choose? I mean, yeah, but... Uh, yeah, it's, it's, I, it's, I like like it. it's a good joke. I like it's a good it. joke. I I googled uh, teams notorious for diving. That's how I did that one. <laughs> well done. Um, question number five: Which um, Expendables actor has built a gaming computer? Oh, I, th- to be honest, you could say all of them, and I'd, I'd have no way of proving you wrong. But I know one of them definitely has. Well, I know we did. I don't think did. I don't think anyone mentioned this actor in our ten minutes. But I know Bruce Willis is in this film, and I imagine it's something that he would do. Are you sure he's in it, though? Oh, I don't know that for sure, no. Let's go Got with to Slice push you for an answer, then. little boys. Slice alone. Oh, God. What about... Uh, should we say Mickey Rourke? Because if you say Mickey Rourke's name enough times, eventually it has to be right. Okay, Mickey Rourke. Mickey Rourke? Once, Mickey twice, Rourke. three times a lady. Mm-hmm. No, that's <gasps> it incorrect. It was Lionel Blair. <laughs> it was Lionel Blair. It was Terry Crews. Oh, really? So Terry Crews... As a, uh, I really like Terry Crews. He's a very interesting dude. He had a difficult relationship with his dad and um, mm-hmm. a very difficult and complicated one. But so Terry Crews' son got really into video games and Terry Crews was like, the thing that I hated about my, my dad and my childhood was that my dad never got interested in what I was interested in. So mm. they, he got really interested in video games f- like for his son and they built a gaming computer together. And then when they upgraded the gaming computer to get a new one, they gave the gaming p- computer away to charity. And to build, to build the gaming computer, it probably took them a fortnight. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh nice. nice. He also has a game, nice. Trey Cruz, where he can move his pectoral muscles up and down like ferrets mm. one at a time. That's like a game. ferrets? Yeah, like... Are ferrets known for their muscular bouncing? Oh, yeah. They're really good. More for making that sound. Sounds like we got ferrets in the house. Okay, guys, you did really well there, but I think the real winner was comedy. Yeah. Yeah! So, out of 85, you both get 15. Yes! I love it. I love it. That's a really good score. So uh, before we go, I think we've learned everything we're going to learn about this film. But before we go, I've asked you both um, to come up with a little thing. So we're gonna we're gonna chat about the upcoming movie, The Amendables. So <laughs> Connor, can you please? I don't know. I haven't. I've asked these guys to p- prepare a little team, right? So Connor yeah. has prepared a team of heroes yeah. from cinema and film and things. So please introduce um, your team to us, Connor. So, my, do you want to know the name of my team? I would love to, yes, please. My team was called the Dependables. Oh. Because it rhymes with Expendables yes. and, latterly, Amendables as well. Yeah. Uh, and it's got five kick-ass heroes in it. Obviously, the, the team leader, the first person, uh, Santa Claus. Uh, from <laughs> Specifically, from Santa Claus the movie. Nice. Uh, the dude, he's got flying reindeer, mm-hmm. uh, unlimited Christmas cheer, and access to a team of workers at the North Pole. So, <laughs> Santa Claus, key part of this team. Next up, for money and for assembling equipment at short notice, 
obviously Lego Batman. He's also got a nine pack. Oh, that's a great show. So, so Lego Batman and Santa Claus, they are joined by a TV detective who technically qualifies because uh, they did some TV movies. Obviously, your friend of mine, Jessica B. Fletcher from Murder, She Wrote. Uh, her skills are investigation and fashion. Uh, <laughs> but if you need someone on the team for laughs, disguises and fruit projectile, you got to go with Mrs. Doubtfire. Mm. So Mrs. Oh. Doubtfire is in the team. And to round off the Dependables, you got Santa Claus, you got Lego Batman, you got Jessica B. Fletcher, you got Mrs. Doubtfire, but you need a project manager and just a great all-round friend, Kermit the Frog. Oh, yes, great shout! And that's that's the Dependables. That's great. So the Dependables, we open, they're, they're riding on one big tandem, but with five seats on it. Uh, it's like, awesome. and then you cut to a lake. And then they're they're going out to sea, and they're going to this massive boat. And who's on the boat? It's a group of villains. <gasps> Sean, who's on the boat? So on this boat, the group of villains, we've got the famous Razmataz Central, aka the Stone Cold Pandas. Number one, we've got <laughs> the the brains. So, sorry, is that was that <laughs> the full name? Yeah, yeah, Rasmataz Central, <laughs> a.k.a. the Stone Cold Pandas. They, sometimes they like... But Rasmataz Central for the mains. And then nice. okay. uh, number one, uh, we've got the brains, but only sometimes the brawn, Hans Gruber, Alan Rickman. He's, <laughs> he's incredibly effective with his amazing Shakespeare-style catchphrases, but also he has poppers on his suit if he needs to spring into action. <laughs> his favourite way to kill is a silenced bullet to the head. We've got number two, Maleficent God. from Sleeping Beauty. She is a body-morphing <laughs> witch. She can morph into a wicked witch. She's magical. She never carries anything herself. Her and Hans have, some, have the same driver, but she rides on her bicycle on the weekends. And her favourite way to kill <laughs> is strangulation. But then you've got to have the brawn. So we've got Danny DeVito as Penguin. He stinks of fish. <laughs> <laughs> he stinks of fish. It's difficult for the rest yeah. of the team as he smells so bad. But he's misunderstood and he's really lovely once you get past the smell and the fact that he's half penguin. <laughs> he loves to hatch a plan, but he is a bit stupid. And his favourite way to kill is stinks of fish. Number four <laughs> is Medusa, the famous Greek uh, villain. Let's say she's Ooh. a villain. She's got snakes for hairs, and that is terrifying. She turns people <laughs> into stone, which is a bit annoying for the rest of the group, as they often have to carry stone people around as hostages. Her and Penguin are the muscle <laughs> who carry the tools and break down doors, and they often go for whiskies at dive bars to drown their sorrows. And then last, but, but not they least, never ever make eye contact with Medusa when they're chatting at the bar. Not at all. It's a difficult time. Um, yeah. And then last but not least, we've got Jaws the shark. Always late, but when he arrives, you know about it. He's got a big bite. He's often used as a battering ram, and he can only hold one tune. But he loves to bang it out at karaoke. And he's currently touring <laughs> as a motivational speaker on being kind to yourself. So that 
is Razmataz Central, <laughs> aka the Stone Cold Pandas. So the Amendables are coming up on this boat to this huge cruise ship that has the Razmataz crew on it. They get on, they get, they manage to avoid Jaws swimming around in the water. They get on the boat and you're standing there facing off against each other, right? You're about to just bust in and fight when all of a sudden pirates, pirates run and attack and suddenly you've got a common enemy to fight. And the only way of beating them is doing a really cool, nice, mutual poem Four lines each. You got to do a poem to beat the pirates. Starting with the Rasmataz team. Give us that poem. When you're a villain, it's not often chilling. So, you've got to know that killing is not always like Poe. <laughs> when you're a hero. You always fight zeros. And I like Cafe Nero's <laughs> because I get milkshake there. Nice. The pirates look at you and they're like, yeah, yeah. That, was, that was terrible. And they're about to start mm-hmm. fighting you. But then they get hit by a terrible bout of scurvy because they haven't had enough <laughs> vitamin C and they fall over and you win and you create a super group. Hooray! Yes. And then you all laugh together because of this joke. <laughs> oh. oh, sorry. Wait for the joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Sean, you did a little bit early on your cue there. Um, the, the, <laughs> pirates, the pirate, as he's dying, goes, uh, what's a pirate's favorite letter? And then you guys say, R. No, we like R, but our first love is the sea. Oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> that was perfect. Yes. To be honest, I think that's a better film than The Expendables. Oh, yeah. 100%. <laughs> it <laughs> writes itself in a way that The Expendables didn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Sean and Connor, any final thoughts on what you what you learned from The Expendables? We'll start with you, Sean, and then we'll go to our guest. Well, I... I uh... And are you excited about watching the full film? I should also ask. I, to be honest, I haven't learned anything from this. The only thing I've learned is that uh, action uh, needs poetry, apparently, towards the end of it. <laughs> uh, and I, I'm kind of 50-50 about watching this film because I think it would be funny to watch it. So I think the mm. funny will overtake the shit. <laughs> <laughs> What I learned of this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I think what I learned from watching the last 10 minutes of The Expendables and hearing more about it in this very informative podcast was that sometimes when you prejudge something, um, you should trust that voice (laughs) in your head. You know, if you think this is shit, don't watch it because it's probably shit. Uh, And so, yeah, my, my lesson to listeners or my appeal to listeners is don't don't think you're doing the right thing necessarily just by trying to be open to things sometimes being close-minded will save you from having to see sylvester stallone do you think we're gonna do do you think we're gonna do two and three or do you think we've done enough (laughs) i think we we probably have to do two and three. Yeah, I think we have to. So that'll be coming up in the future. Uh, (laughs) Look out for that. So this has been the last 10 minutes. Uh, I have been Will. That's been Sean. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) 
I love that. It's uh, especially on Zoom. It's hard to be like, I'm gonna pause so you can talk now. Um, so if you like the podcast, please like and subscribe and all that that rubbish. But we're gonna leave you with all of the information to follow Conor McReynolds and listen to his stuff because he's the greatest man we know. Yeah, ah, you guys are too kind. Uh, I have a website. It's ConorMcReynolds.com. And it's got information about my uh, comedy and podcasting and all that kind of thing. Uh, and I do a lot of work with Jericho Comedy in Oxford, uh, who are super cool. And you can follow Jericho Comedy on Twitter as well. Nice. Well, thank you so much for coming back, Connor. We must have you again to do yeah. a I love of this. I can't so wait nice. for Expendables too. And in the words of uh, Jet Li's character in The Expendables, when I get hurt, the hole is bigger because I'm smaller. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. <laughs> Bye. Thanks, bye.